0: Welcome to the Keep Going Podcast. My name is Steve and I'm one of your hosts. In this episode, we break down what's really happening when we gain fitness. A sense that there's a pretty big misunderstanding around the actual mechanisms, the levers that we pull to develop fitness. So what transpires is an episode that explores the subtle and not so subtle mindset shifts that are required to truly maximize the training and our thinking around the training, the recovery, and all the other things that we consider when we consider fitness. So thank you for listening to the Keep Going Podcast. Without further ado, we bring you the episode we call A Pebble on the Beach of Your Fitness. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed.
1: Pleased to say that don't know. I, I didn't get a, I di- I didn't get a free second this week to listen to our last recording, Steve. So I'm I'm just gonna remark on a recording that we made last week. I'm sure it's okay. You're you're all cool with it. I don't know, Michael. Well, I want to listen to it, but but I get I put out some negative energy last week, and uh, no, you put out some real authentic
0: felt experience based on the struggles of work. And- yeah. And that definitely came through. I've listened to it, and it's better than I remember. Really, but I can I can appreciate even based on we just talked about like the the tendency that I have to overshare and to be in an oversharing space, isn't necessarily everybody else's comfort zone. So sometimes my idea of what is uh, reasonable is not. I remember one time we, we we recorded something, and John came off a little bit in a negative light, mm-hmm. and and when he mentioned it, I was like, I didn't hear that at all. I know. Yeah. And then I remember, then I thought about it a little bit. I was like, Oh, but that's really I can see it from him. his perspective. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I
1: totally saw it from his perspective. So I, I, I honor if you, if we, it is a practice in kind of understanding that things aren't quite as bad as they seem yeah, from our vantage. You know, again,
0: I, I'm invested in this podcast being so much about authentic discussion and conversation between friends than a, Uh, information-based podcast designed around um, takeaway practical applications yes we're going to try to give takeaway practical applications it's something that matters to us because we are practical people and we're both in the industry that way right you from a shoe design perspective and Mm -hmm. me from a coaching perspective but conversations are just cool and this is a incredibly unique podcast and I hope we get to put that one out. If not, I do too. That's okay.
1: We're referring to a conversation we had on um, a pursuit being being nested in the kind of intention, uh, a sea of intention of what the practice is at large. And kind of like taking a deep dive into that conversation about uh, pursuit and practice. It was fascinating. The whole week, man. I we almost want to it. redo that episode as a part two, not to not like release yeah. whatever, what that recording was, but to kind of really take a singular Ooh, focus that would be cool. and just say like, look, because I did a, it's, it's actually starting to lock in, man. Like it's actually, I don't know how to explain it. It's gone from like spiritual woo, whatever you want to call it. Like, all right, you know, I'm just, sometimes I like get a little bit called up, like how esoteric am I, you know, about these concepts, pursuit, practice and intention, like all this stuff, like our, what does that look like? What does that feel like? I'm constantly asking myself that, like, what's the tangible aspect of these things? Yeah. Like we said, we want to be, you and I are very practical people. Right. Right. (laughs) So trying to find the practicality in some of these like kind of spiritual, you know, concepts, so to speak. And the fascinating thing is this, this whole week, it's hit me so hard. Ooh, coffee. Uh, it's hit me so hard that... Like, I can't describe how practical this shit is. Mm. It's fucking so practical. I was like... And, and, and it like... So, what I mean is... it It's practical... <laughs> this is where it gets, gets weird is... When you say you need to experience something physically... That's where it becomes practical mm. because you can't always, it, it, you see what I'm trying to say? We need to do a follow-up on it because I'm having some serious kind of transitions about actually being able to truly understand what it made more sense to really think about that conversation that we had when you said pursuit is a part of the practice. And I'm like, that may, that's, that's the game. That could be the entire ethos of what a tree stands for. And mm. it is what the ethos I've just had a hard time kind of like finding a way to articulate the message. And because you thinking about it in general, it's kind of like, I was always separating the two buckets. Like, Oh, you're either And even somebody wrote a note the other day, he wrote a note to a You and it was awesome. It was just like, I love the pursuit. He literally said, I love the pursuit. It's not a bad thing, but it's not everything. Mm. And I was like, and he was like, y'all do so good at is trying to tell the whole story of why people, you know, fell in love with running in the first place, so to speak. And, and, and this idea, and I was just like, Oh my God, like that's it. Like you don't have to separate them. They are nested. One of them is nested in the practice. And that, to me, is just gold. It's just gold. Anyway, that that's my kind of follow-up on last week. I thought I'd hit that up before cool. we even started. Well, today's topic I totally pulled out
0: of the blue. Literally got it from a workout today. And interestingly enough, I was thinking about this on my, my walk because I take a walk before I meet up with Michael for our podcast. I was thinking... About how some of these topics that we come up with, at least recently, they're all revolved. They always come right after a critical critical velocity workout. Yeah, it's like so. This particular workout is one you we we did an entire episode on about your your because experience right doing in critical the middle. velocity. Critical
1: velocity is important, but seemingly physically easy correct and it's incredibly valuable from a physiological perspective
0: but you're not working so hard until all of a sudden you are but it it, anyway an athlete had an experience um so the the topic today is about you've got fitness confused people are confused about fitness and i'm going to use an athlete as an example and um they will remain unnamed but the, the workout basically, again, this is a workout now you've heard. <laughs> so when I repeat it, it made, it made me laugh because I'm like, here it is. It's another workout that six times a mile at your critical velocity. We do this. We do a different version. We do a 1K reps. It's always 10K where the work, it's either 1K reps, 1 mile reps, or 2K reps. So it's either 10, 6, or 5 reps of different distances. And in the middle of the workout, I was just noting to them, you know, the the route that we selected today is not a mile long. It's longer. It's short of a mile. So people were running past the point and around the corner. And I said to them, you know, we really don't care what distance we run. Um, What's most important is that we hit the pace because the pace is the physiological adaptation I'm looking for. There's something really special here that we're getting from it. And of course, they laughed at me and said, okay, no big deal, but I can't not finish it. I need a nice... I need that nice, smooth, even 1.0 <laughs> distance, yeah. which I used to denigrate, but I don't anymore. Um, but after the workout was over, an athlete said to me, look at the improvement I've made in this short window of time on this workout. They said likely it had to do with weather, right? Because it was a pretty extreme improvement, right? The athlete was... Yeah, the pretty- weather
1: just dropped about 10 degrees, 15 mm-hmm. degrees.
0: But but it was... Um, but it wasn't particularly fantastic weather today. It was humid and a little yeah. wet. And um, very few people showed up for session today because I've got my folks getting ready to run. And Indy got a day off. And I told them to sleep in and get rest and recuperated. So it was just a weird vibe. Anyway, the athlete says, look at the huge improvement I made. Mm-hmm. And then they asked this question. Um, they didn't ask it exactly this way. But the question basically was, is this a workout I can hang my hat on? Okay, so is this where I need to be, is what the person asked me. Is this where I need to be? And my response back was as esoteric as it could possibly get. Hmm. The workout just needs to be where you are. Like, wherever you are in this workout is just where you need to be. And, of course, we then, there was a minor amount of
1: frustration frustration with my
0: answer. (laughs) Old cryptic Steve, right? Um, But. It made me realize through the context of going through it, there was a lot of really great stuff that came from it. It made me realize that this athlete was really sure that this sessions, their improvement in this session um, really marked fitness, right? Like this is what fitness is. Six months ago, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, six weeks or eight weeks ago, I think it was that we did this workout, maybe nine weeks ago, they ran a certain time now they're running 20 to 30 seconds per mile faster. And again, we had weather shift, but not, in, not, not enough to account for that, right? And then they also said, and I felt way better than when I ran it at those paces, the, the, at, on the, at the slower paces. So what I came to realize is there was a fundamental misunderstanding, and it's not the fault of this athlete. I think it's just baked into our culture um, that people think fitness is happening in workouts, They think that because they do a session, that that session is what makes them faster. Now, when I mentioned this to you, you were like, oh my God, this is so true. What really makes you faster is the recovery because that's the space within which you gain the adaptation. So if I did six times a mile and I ran X time for that, and then a couple of weeks late, nine, you know, 10 weeks later, I do it again, um, it's they think they will think that the, that the work at that pace is what made them faster. But what really made them faster was their ability to adapt to that work. Mm-hmm. And then in a different novel circumstances, because each time we go out, we go to the same course, but we do the workout a little differently because the conditions are different, different combination of people, all these variables that they don't even recognize. They think it's the same session. Like you never do the same session twice, even if it's the same written session because you're different. But the fitness doesn't come from the workout. The fitness comes from all of the pieces of the puzzle all coming together and ensuring that you've got a really nice balance of recuperation, recovery, easy running, fast running, slow running. Like six, this athlete had an experience of six times a mile being faster and they were fitter. We hope you're fitter. But the fitness didn't come from the workout, and the fitness can't be tested from the workout. We only have one way to test fitness. Specifically,
1: the fitness can't come from the 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 speed. Per, no, this is where it's hard to articulate. I so, know that's why I wanted to do this episode. Yeah, yeah. This. So it doesn't come. The fitness, the workout speed is not a symptom of the fit. It well. It's almost like the way that I'm visualizing it is I had a conversation with my buddy Darian one time about the importance of recovery after a workout. So it's like, how important, how do you, how do you, how do you develop fitness is the question. Like, are we talking about developing fitness or are we talking about just the pure aspect of being fit, you know, or during a workout to be able to hit the times? Those are two Mm -hmm. different fundamental things. So there's, there's all this Science that happens that I'm not going to be able to, you know, kind of dive into because it's not my expertise. I mean, you probably will be able to talk about how mitochondria is built and stored. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I think ultimately an athlete, in fact, I think it
0: matters so little that frequently it becomes um, too intellectualized. And what I'm trying to argue is that idea that if I move 20 seconds faster, I am fitter is that fit enough right and what I'm what I want to say is we have too many things going on and even thinking about what it is that's making you fit or even thinking about all those different mitochondrial recovery really all you need to worry about going back to the theme of this so far is the practical aspect of it so intellectualizing it for many people is a problem it actually inhibits recovery and adaptation
1: because and it probably gets in the way of something Like a critical velocity workout that's not really designed to be a a measure of of your fitness. It's designed to be a measure of... It
0: can be a measure of fitness. like this athlete's experience shows that with less effort on the same course, with a little bit better weather, they performed significantly better than they did before. And none of that really is what I'm highlighting in this. Mostly what I'm highlighting is the conversation that the athlete had and said, is this where I need to be? Because fitness is a moving target. We, 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 okay, let's, let me, let me see if I can frame this.
1: Yeah. I let me think start I, I from the end.
0: Let me start from the end.
1: The only place that fitness is, is on race day. Now, okay. That's, that makes it easily that, tangible. Correct. Because, because everything from race day is reverse engineered. Correct. This is the idea. This how ha- this is how you can. So your your little workout three six you know fifty days before a race or whatever means nothing. It well it it's, it's a, a it's, it's an a, indicator. It's, it's a, a thing. It's a pebble. It's a pebble <laughs> it's a on the beach yeah. of your fitness. Yeah, but one. It's, but it's not your fitness. No, it's not, it's not the It's measure just a of representation of right.
0: it. It's a representation of, and and even then your race. Now I will you know getting meta right. Your race is also merely a representation of fitness but it's the only one when you're in a pursuit it's the only one we fucking care about yeah <laughs> not, not just me no, but it, all of right. us right so ultimately we might as well use that as the marker if we're gonna pick an arbitrary space which we kind of do you might as well pick a race right and and because it seems to be what people are focused on right and and uh, in that way it, it, it's a fantastic representation but let's remember it's a representation an icon icon of fitness mhm um and this is why it's so disconcerting for people on race day when they poor perform poorly because they know it's not indicative of their fitness but what's really interesting is there's experiences that athletes have and this further conversation with this athlete we were talking about where is was she in the place she needed to be and i was like you're where you need to be right now because that's where you are just be there and you'll be all right right
1: and keep right, at because day. because you've you invest There's almost like a a safety net, which Mm -hmm. is you invest all of your time if your practice is solid Mm -hmm. and you just keep moving forward knowing that your practice is solid, but you still have to reground and reground and reground. And beware of the things you're targeting as what you think fitness is.
0: This workout was unreasonable for this athlete to say, am I where I need to be in this workout? No, you're not. You're just where you are. Mm-hmm. Where you need to be, we're going to determine on race day. And some of that just comes from your character and your capacity and your, your, your capability and all these other pieces. But this workout was just one piece of a longer process. And important piece, and one we do repeatedly because we fi- I find it valuable. I find it a useful session. But we need to be really careful when we're trying to read the tea leaves of fitness that we don't over invest in key sessions some sessions we don't under invest in recovery sleep recuperation uh mindset planning foot drills strength training um nutrition amount of time in the light <laughs> there's all these other factors meditation uh life balance good relationship with your family i mean good relationship with your family could be more important to a person to their improvement. And they're 18 mile
1: with a six Well, I have an, <laughs> an, here's
0: another example, an athlete of mine who's getting ready to race really soon. We had this really important, in my system, a really important back-to-back session, one Saturday and then another Saturday and then a rest. He didn't show up for the second Saturday and I was like, where were you? Are you okay? Is everything all right? Because I just mm-hmm. worried about him. He's like, no, I'm fine. I just was tired and didn't feel like it was appropriate. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. Well, I I'm not gonna argue that. I want each athlete to feel free and safe to do what they need to do on any given session a little bit further conversation. It was his daughter's birthday on that day. He didn't want to go out and do a 20-mile, 18, Mm -hmm. 20-mile really hard workout and then be shit for his daughter's birthday, which was really important. And I'm like, see, that... That's a that's more important than the workout. I totally agree. But it you also, resting yeah. and recuperating may or may not be the right decision for a workout because some of the things we're trying to learn and gain is to do a session when we're tired and we're not feeling great. But when you say I would like to be able to be standing or be able to jump on the bouncy house at my daughter's birthday party because – and an 18-miler, believe me, I know – I, it will it could preclude you from being yeah. able to jump and be really present and, and and really engaged in your daughter's birthday that's more important and fitness doesn't fitness is this whole integrated whole it's the whole thing all coming together on one given day and no one session is indic- indicative of that. So this is why I, wa- I knew you wanted to talk about it because you're like, oh, it all happens in recovery. It actually doesn't just happen in recovery. It happens across the scale of your entire programming. And athletes need to get this into their skulls. It's it's not about one workout. It's about your practice.
1: It's kind of like my my fig tree. <laughs> that thing, because, you know, it's you can water it. You can overwater it. You could underwater it. And I had just had a few leaves fall off because I used the wrong pH water. The thing is fickle. <laughs> they are. That's it's big. like, and that's why I call them finicky fins. And so, and <laughs> so, like fins. what I'm imagining is like maybe there's like a fiddle leaf fig competition where you got to be ready on race day and like you bring your plant, but you've kind of you've screwed it up. You, you were doing great all season, but you weren't ready for the race. So it's like fitness is, it's such a moving target because we placed the goal on that one day. You know, I could, I could kill this thing in two weeks if I had to, you know, by accident, you know. So it's like your, your fitness seems to be all encompassing. I think that's where, where I get so interested in, in like undefining these definitions of of like that we've come to just kind of believe to be true. And I think that we have to kind of unlearn what what our, you know, PE and fifth grade self kind of understood as fitness. Like if you do this workout, you're gonna get fit. You do this, you know, you gotta run the mile. We gotta get fit. gotta do thing. And and I don't I don't know. It's it seems to me like there's a lot of things going on that we've held on to for a long time that I think we need to reevaluate and fitness being one of them. I think there's probably a better way to articulate even the message of fitness because people seem to anchor on it. They seem to anchor on workouts. I seem to anchor on workouts, you know, um, and I've had to kind of systematically talk myself into removing those types of constraints lately. Mm -hmm. And it's it's been a positive experience. I have no idea. I have no indicator of if I were to... If I were to, just from a personal, because I've got a race coming up on Sunday, and if I were to decide what my fitness level was right now in the traditional way that I was doing it a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, this is going to be the slowest race I'll ever race in my life. Because
0: the power meter is indicating that, or your pace per mile indicating that. Or or your lack of even paying attention to those metrics right. or not yeah, even yeah, doing yeah. or not even doing those kinds of
1: sessions, maybe. Sure. And it of uh, like a or mix all of the all the above, <laughs> because like sometimes my like it's good, sometimes it's not so good. But I'm like, but I've had to kind of grieve the idea that some of these things that I thought mattered mattered not because I'm expecting an outcome from the race. I'm just purely going into mine for some data. On on Sunday, it's going to be a totally different race than I've ever done before, um, because my race intention is purely data oriented. Just want to see what happens, and um, based off of a few very tangible not, boundaries. Not let me get this clear. Not data input but data extraction later. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's not, important I'm not to, trying to... import to differentiate Exactly. Those. So I'm not trying to input what I've done from training into the race. I'm trying to output from the race what I've done from training. Which is what is, what I just called the truest fitness. Racing is our truest fitness. And it seems to me like, even, even from an unpractical way of trying to grieve the old way that I was mm-hmm. training and spending all my time and living my days based off of these, like, am I fit? Am I doing the thing my power is low. You know, my my paces are are not so hot. Like I'm not. You know, how many miles a week am I running? Like all that stuff is uh, is so not really is. It's not been as important to me. Now there is accumulative data, and I'm actually proud of kind of like the load that I've taken on. But again, it's not for inputs, and I think that's the way that I have to conceptualize what you're talking about here is 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 that simple fact that the only thing different now is that I'm not going in with these predetermined ideas. So, yes, wonderful. Let me see if I can
0: unpack what I think many people's biggest challenges are in this area and the why we tend to do this mm-hmm. culturally. Um we are now in a phase of the human construct of, of who we are as people, as a culture,
1: um has been so mediated and informed by science. Import- and are talking like import- post-industrial age, Correct. internet age, data age, and now... Uh, everything, kind of like- everything
0: since, really, since the 16th century and the advent of the, of the scientific method. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can we're not really going to talk worldview or even like foundational principle here, but it's much more every we've just have. So our lives have been in greatly improved through the practice of reducing something down to constituent parts. And it's been incredibly valuable for us. How do we, if you think about it, quantum mechanics, nobody can understand quantum mechanics. We talk about quantum and physics. We don't really understand it yet. Our cell phones are operating on that basic, template in that model because if we we don't have to understand the whole big picture we just reduce it down to this widget and that widget or this piece and that piece and we get a really good understanding and we could put it back together and then you have this wonderful whole thing called a cell phone that's in your hand right but we've we now we think that we have to understand or know or do all of the pieces in the reduction in order to get something from it and because of that we've got to follow the recipe that there's a recipe for this. And the recipe includes this much time at this pace, and this much time at this pace, and this much time at this pace. And what ha- because of that, and, and, and then you see people who do that because it's pretty baked into the model. I think every single runner that I know should be shaking their head right now saying, yes, that's what I do. And yes, that's how I understand it. The, even the idea of periodization is this idea that there are constituent parts with which you train to have a better race experience. But one of the things that I think that's really problematic for all of this scientific method model is that rarely do people bring it back to the whole. Do they remember all of the parts? So they take all the parts and they bring it need to bring it back into one thing, which is your fitness, okay? So what we've done is we've broken fitness down into all these little categories which do impact fitness, but we were trying to read the tea leaves of each of those individual categories and yet not kind of bringing it all back together and then frequently hoping on
1: race day that it all comes together in some magical way. So what you're saying is we've gotten a little myopic about the fitness metric without Take- bringing it back to... Um, To the sum of the parts which will
0: manifest. Which is the real thing that's showing up on race day. And so it's not your six times a mile that's showing up on race day. It's your experience of the six times a mile plus how it fits in the rest of your construct. And the six by a mile seeing an improvement is a way to read the tea leaves. But don't get it twisted. That's not going to be an exact model for what you're going to get. Now, somebody will say, well, then why do the data at all? Why? Well, because we're because we're function this way and it's the way our brains function but ultimately the way the living system operates is in real time a whole you don't get to break your ankle down to how it's flexing at 18 miles into a marathon you don't you don't work that in fact you think you're working each mile right let me check this next mile. But isn't it interesting in a marathon, nearly everyone stops referencing their watch at a certain point because it's no longer giving them the feedback that they want because what they've done is reduced things down too much. Um, and so I'm not arguing against the scientific model and the scientific method. What I'm asking for is after each session, come back and reintegrate that session within the context of all the work that you've done. And if you do this, you're actually creating fertile ground for much better training down the line.
1: To me, is, that that's where it kind of the payoff is is in the future. Actually, yes, but I think that one of the things that can be really helpful because you store experiences and then you can recall
0: them later. But you can actually have that happen in a much tighter feedback loop because that's a long feedback loop. Yeah. Do a workout six times a mile, and then I wait until December to get yeah. the return on that. And it's pretty short. Pretty not not a very good not very good for what they tell us from a coaching perspective mm-hmm. in terms of getting. Tight feedback loops, which is a lot of what's going on in the coaching world now is realizing get metrics that give you quick, tight feedback. But like we talk about with cycling, sure. why is cycling improving so much? Because they've got these headsets, they're re- seeing a fluctuation in the heart rate. They're seeing what's coming up on the course. They're able to make course correction as they're going along, really tight feedback loops. And in a training session, you can then, my athlete going back and looking at their old results and then looking at these results is awesome. It's awesome because they're real. They're getting some feedback, tightening up the feedback loop. Oh, I do see some improvement in this session. Of course, that athlete said it was weather. Well, is it weather, or is it, uh, or is it you're trusting yourself and trusting the program you're in? I think those things are important. Is it because you were flowing more because you're better aligned and better in your better coherence with your environment? When she did this work, this person did this workout nine months ago, nine weeks ago, they had just they they were in some some choppy water of life right now water's a little more clear Mm -hmm. so and again i'm bringing this up and and what is the practical takeaway from my perspective the practical takeaway is reducing is great bringing it back to the integrated whole is important so doing taking that data and then feeding it back into the overall experience so the next time that you come out on that On that workout or the next workout that you do, you're trying to optimize the circumstances and the conditions that will give you the best result rather than trying to hit a mark. Optimizing conditions is significantly bigger payoff than hitting the mark. The hitting the mark just fits into our data centric brain that wants to see feedback from numerical data. But feedback is actually, to, to full circle this, is found in the body. The feedback is learned in the body. So that athlete's able to trust themselves more from this session because it went well. And what I was doubly clicking on was, yes, they improved. But that improvement maybe came from a wide variety of other things. And let's not worry so much about that particular session. Let's optimize the conditions. What created the conditions? Better weather, better weather. But a lot of other things, too, things that, that the athlete's in control of. And so if you think that your workout really all that matters is hitting the mark, you're missing the point. The point is to stress the body in a healthy way that allows it to feel challenged so that when you rest and recover, it super, it, it super compensates. It compensates for that through creating greater red blood cells, your ability to buffer lactic acid, blah, 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 all the things, all the systems, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... If athletes, and what I'm arguing for is for if you realize, if you will realize where a real fitness comes from, you can stop sweating the details of your data. Read the data more as a, a map that's leading you to where you're going.
1: That's how these, uh, these Norwegian triathletes yeah. are doing it right now, they just read it as a map. They find the outliers, and remember, they, the
0: map is not the territory. The territory yeah. is race day, but they've got these locations of the hills and the and the valleys and the rivers they, they have to they, the cross. They're and,
1: data mining because yes. they value the data. Correct. We love the data. It's as great. I said, that goes back to but people yeah. get in too tight of feedback. But if you look at it as a as a path, they, they, it's like fuck. Then, <laughs> like it's cool because, and then it's and like they can the, handle more data streams. Then so then they can data stream their in more the, quality their, data going in. So the way that I'm the the where I get real excited about, you can think like a Type A runner, the traditional I got to hit my paces run. You can think like that all you want, and this actually works with that because you could you could factor in just a few more wider pieces of data, which is. The weather, your feelings, like 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 journaling about how you felt, like, and all the things, like you said, very rare does some of your athletes like rewrite the briefs and make their own briefs. And I was like, that's like the extra time spent collecting that data is so often misunderstood. And so when you're going back into the workout and you don't know what your critical velocity paces were one year ago, you know, first of all, That's like, how are you going to do it again and have a a metric for it? Second of all, you know what's easier is having data that says how you felt that day and what was going on and how, you know, what it meant to you and all that stuff. So I think you can kind of double down on somebody who is a little bit type A about their workouts like myself. I think this is an encompassing conversation because it's just so much quality things that you can and i'm not again from it yeah it's exact i'm so glad
0: that you got that because it sounds like when i say your fitness is not from that particular session that i'm undervaluing the session and it's yeah exactly i'm not undervaluing the session i'm saying put it in the context context is everything because eventually you're coming from that reduction back to a whole always and I think this is the problem with what's going on in our Western. But this is model. so
1: crazy. Why the conversation last week hit me so hard? It, in because because the practice is way more important than the pursuit of that goal or the workout. Because the pursuit includes hitting your time during the workout, and that's it. And again, like I'm talking purely. Like analytical right now, the practice is tangibly and analytically more important. Today is more important that's a lot more data to mine. Y- yeah and it, <laughs> it, that's what, so it's interesting that, just the, your race that the culture of the sport throwing a lot of the practice away, and not really elevating it and talking about it and everything like that. and we always talk about stealing the culture back and like talking about the practice like maybe journaling can become cool again and running. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's as important as your times. I think it's actually more important because it's bringing it into a whole.
0: It's requiring by by even sitting down after the exercise is over, the 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 warm up, the cool down, the sessions, mm-hmm. the work, that you're taking time, additional time to reflect and re- remember. Again, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna come back to this idea. Remembering is taking all the parts and bringing it back to all the members. Bring all the members back together to a whole. And when you do that, you begin to see the interconnectedness of all of that other stuff. That maybe I didn't hit that mark on that session was because I can see last time I did it, I got better sleep. Or if I did hit it better, weather was a condition. So maybe I shouldn't give myself so much grief in the middle of July when when I miss marks, when I miss time. So it's perspectivizing, providing a greater, wider perspective. The other thing that's happening if you're journaling, I didn't really go into this, because I do think that writing the, the, the ease of our reductive models like Garmin and Strava providing these information is that now we know it's available, but the question is, do you review it timely enough to create the tightest feedback loop possible? Now, this isn't feasible for some people in the moment, but the sooner you can get this stuff written down, the better. The more you can reflect on a session, the, the, the sooner you can reflect, the better. I did another conversation with another athlete. They just raced at Berlin, and um, you know, I was tracking them. They went out really fast, and then they, quote-unquote, fell apart at the end. But their response to me, because they resp- they've they got a practic- a practice that they reply back to me, good race or bad race, no matter what, as soon as possible. We've been working together for a long time and they have realized how much great information they get from me and learn from themselves when they tighten that feedback loop. So right after the event, the, the athlete says, listen, that time isn't great, but oh my goodness, I felt so strong at the end and they were a serious positive split on this race course, but their experience of it, their takeaway was this positive situation because they debriefed with me, their coach, I was reading the tea leaves of their data showing up on the tracking app as, oh gosh, this athlete had a terrible day. Mm-hmm. Turns out the ta- athlete had a fantastic day. This, it wasn't aligned with their original goal and then the way they 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 it was aligned uh, relatively closely to their original goal because when we talked they didn't expect to go out so fast but they did go out really fast and what they were really happy to see was that they didn't fall apart completely at the end they fell apart but not completely like you will never get that information back again that athlete will forget that information you just look at it for days later and it will all i never know where i fell apart in
1: a race more than six months ago It's very hard to. You know, it's a month In fact,
0: it just becomes a narrative that now you fall apart. I fall apart in a race. Instead of where, why, when, how, like that stuff needs tight feedback loops. So you can be, that's a better practice. You see, like, so I'm not, again, I'm not arguing not to reduce, but when you reduce, bring it back.
1: Bring it all back to what is the fitness on that race day? It's a moving target. It's, it's there. It's almost like, you know, that touch point in that race, you focus on it and it's just one of the stops on that thing moving, moving forward. It's just so interesting that if, but the essence in this is you have to be invested. Yes. You have to be invested into where you're going. It can't be a one and done. You can't think about it that way. You can't, if you want to go one and done or just you, all you want to do is get that sub three, whatever it is. Like I've been there. Like that's a motivator, but we all know that you don't stop after you get that it 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 it's the outlook of what you have moving forward that really can get positive, really positive really quickly um if you eliminate the finite endpoints and just use them as little touch points. It can be depressing to
0: hear this quote. I think I've used it before on this podcast Heraclitus's quote, "No one steps in the same river twice." Mm -hmm. but it can be a really positive thing that because you don't step in the same river twice, you can't track your pathway. You have to be ready and available to take on whatever's there present. This is, I wish I'm not racing right now. I don't find any value to, for me personally in a significant training block or, Racing, I'm a little older. Maybe that'll come back to me some point soon. Whereas you're much more engaged in that we're actually, part.
1: really interested. And in when I get, I know that that that'll come for me one day. Yeah,
0: but but what I would, if I were racing, mm-hmm. the place I would lean into is mystery and curiosity. Is that I'm not going to. What's going to happen if I lean into happen? the extra whatever's, stuff? W- Whatever that's happening. what I'm talking
1: about. Yeah. Like that's cool to me, and I actually think. That and it's so much more effect-
0: helpful because you do you, it, the mark is not something you've preset out in advance. It's something that will unfold as you go. And character is not holding strong, in my opinion. Character is adapting to the current conditions aligned with your character components. Not that the, I have to act in this way. You know, the people get the stoicism all mixed up. The stoics were not about being hard They were about hardening and getting stronger so they could be fluid and loose when real shit hit the Mm fan. So it's like being really tough with yourself on the little stuff that doesn't matter that much so that when the stuff that really does matter, you've got the capacity, the core capacity and ability to be creative and free and open in the moment. And again, if you're looking at your data set on a particular day for a rep by rep by rep basis as a indicator of what fitness is, you're missing a really big point. And to no fault of the athletes who are doing this, okay? This is not a belaboring or belittling of the athlete in question. Um, this athlete will not get upset by that. They will not. they're they're really open and curious about the process. But the thing is is that this is a natural normal occurrence to just read the tea leaves of one particular session because of our society's tendency to reduce. But if you come back, if you remember, if you bring it back to a whole, you can then tap into the magic and the mystery and be on the edge because, or flow, if you will, right? In this ongoing conversation with this athlete, we got into talking about some key races that they've had in the past. And one of the, their, their, the athletes' statement was, I don't really know what flow is. I tap into it. I'm not there. Uh, I, I did it on this one occasion. And what I argued back was it's always available It's just a mindset that you're going to lean into the curiosity and the mystery. Stop presenting with your idealized self, some kind of perfect self, some kind of data set self that's been indicated. Everybody should expect to perform on race day better than they train. They should because the conditions and the circumstances are are conspiring and you've tapered and you've prepared. I mean – you, you you should expect to have a raise in performance. And sometimes we don't, and we know then at that point that it's a psychological challenge that we need to look at, right? But most people should be able to overperform on race day. Uh,
1: Unless you train too hard. Correct. <laughs> the,
0: but, but ultimately, which is not being in flow. But I think most people don't believe that they can meet on race day what they've done in training. And that saddens me to a degree of which I cannot really articulate. And it it saddens me to my core. Because
1: what do you they mean just, by that?
0: So their assumption is their best day is when nobody's looking. Or their assumption is that they can get it done if it's broken down into tiny little parts. Or that there's, um, that they're not privy to mystery and curiosity and magic and the opportunities that show up. Mm. Because... It's not mis it's not something that can't be accounted for. It can be accounted for as long as you're not overtrained. As long as you're in a place where you've really carefully looked at all these contextual situations, balanced everything out, brought it back, looked at your briefs Shit, and you're your debriefs. Me and you move through it, and then you can look so at it and awesome. go, Here yeah. we go. Tap into the river, like jump in the river. Yep. It's 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 always available. It's always available. Mm-hmm. It's the natural state, Michael. It's the human's natural state. What's going on is because we have because we've gotten so good at reducing that stoic thing that you were talking about. We get so good at reducing. <laughs> we've been our society is so good at reducing that they don't. They're they're actually hesitant to, to even bring it back to a whole, because that is kind of a little bit weird and nebulous and not really grounded in the data but your race day experience is not grounded in data either so you better get good at it you better be good at uncertainty and good at mystery and lean in cuz otherwise it's going to be a wave that crashes down on you it's almost like on race day the wave gets too big they're better at riding
1: teeny tiny little daily waves but as soon as the as soon as the surf gets big oh they want to back out i think i think maybe is it safe to say that you get sad about it because people spend 6 months to go race for You know,
0: no, I think that the I actually, you know, going back to last week, I actually believe they actually have a practice. So I know that at a deep level, they're already tapped into the most important thing, which is just the vibrant energy of being alive and training and working and training hard. What they're missing out on is the promise of a race, the promise of a beautiful race, Mm -hmm. And, and that they've just massively misidentified or misviewed missing uh, so they 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 don't have a correct view of the entire process. But if they look at the whole process of a race day as being a part of their practice and uh, an alignment with all of the other values that they have in their life, so and the, and the thing is is like a lot of the stuff that we do in training, has really, really practical applications to business, relationships, family. Running is a path with heart. Like it really gives you these great learnings if you can take them in. And they these learnings are specific to a race. So it's like missing I feel like they're missing out on the whole like like they it's the birthday without the birthday cake or something. Like I don't know what well, it is.
1: Yeah, that's what I think that's it's almost like a two parter. You know, in my head, I'm literally seeing a map, and I'm seeing what our training is. <laughs> yeah, is like this whole sea of intention that I keep saying, like it's this whole practice, and then we get the opportunity to kind of, um, ceremonialize the one the amount of work and kind of it's like what it is, what is, like it's a celebration almost of the practice, and it's the time that you get to really just say like. All right, we've done all this work. Let's go celebrate it. But as a culture, we're
0: uncomfortable with celebration, we're uncomfortable with ritual, we're uncomfortable yeah. with we're uncomfortable with these things because we want to go back down to reduce it down to one tiny little well, data. Well, that's set. what
1: I was thinking, is like it how big of a shame is it that we go into a race thinking that we have to execute the predisposed data that we've sewed through the whole fucking you know season of growing and growing and growing so let's just go get it let's go execute on the thing without there being any mystery or kind of you know something a cherry on the back end of it and and that's where that's where I agree like getting getting uh, that experience to where there is a pleasant unknown of a race is so to, to me golly I mean that's a whole way of looking at it. It's just, it's not even. So I mean, it's a whole it's it a whole is. universe of how you can even and if you bring that back into the 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 practice of what we spend our each and every day training for these races, you know, like if you view the race is not just an execution of the data or the thing that you were doing every single day, you can actually you're just pleasantly surprised to relay it back in because mm-hmm. the next day you get to wake up and recover and do the thing and start again whenever you want to start again and look forward to the next one so that's what that's what's so interesting is it's not an endpoint. it's just it's a it's a stepping stone kind of a
0: so this weekend past weekend the chicago marathon happened and on the men's side a world record was broken geez Louise. two hours and thirty two two hours and
1: 35 seconds forgot has it been it feels like it's been a long time since then. I can't believe we haven't talked about that.
0: I know, but it, it was really incredible to watch. Yeah. And he,
1: he said something that
0: was just mind blowing. They asked him how bad it hurt, because I'll talk in a second. I'm bringing this up because I want to talk about Sifan Hassan, the woman's winner. Mm-hmm. But you know, he they asked him how, how much when he started hurting, how much it hurt. He said he hasn't hurt in a marathon yet. That's really scary, dude. The guy runs two hours and thirty five seconds, and he's not really hurting even if he's just putting it out to the world, that's a pretty bold, that's crazy to think about. Where, But I wanted to bring it up because of Sifan. So wild. Because Sifan ran this race just to uh. see what she was capable of, just to see what would happen. She didn't really want to go with the lead girl because she's like, I don't really want to go out that fast, I'm not sure I can, but that's what's going on, so that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she paid for it. She suffered immensely. She said the last 5K was the hardest thing, one of the hardest things she's ever done it was really hard and difficult. But just that added, her approach and her attitude so I bring this up because I think that we can look out our sport provides in, uh, immensely valuable role models mm-hmm. for yeah
1: even at the How highest they, level
0: she's just it's what just you a say a practitioner
1: at the highest level even she, for them both of they them they look at it as like a, I don't even know this is gonna painting. be fun it, they don't at the <laughs> start
0: they've got all yeah. their they've got all of their paints all their. they don't go out. out and
1: just execute some arbitrary data that they it's were it's not a paint by numbers yeah
0: it's not a paint by numbers they've got pacers they've got other things but yeah. that's all based upon the
1: fact that they've done this work but they've got all their all their weapons laid out in front of them all their equipment and they've they got, do but it's tighter it's tighter like they're so their execution is so tighter in the race that like them playing and, and like the, for 30, 35 seconds or so to even get to the two hour barrier, like there, there is, that's like Lewis and Clark coming to, you know, all right, we're going to go across the country. We're doing this thing like those 35 seconds. There's so much creativity and room to play in that zone that, I mean, for the average person we get, Hours, yes. minutes, hours. But even for for him, like, he, of course, he's executing on a race plan. But at the same time, and 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 for is he finals, Is he though? I mean, I think in I would a lot imagine of ways that they
0: go out and they're responding to what's in front of them, what's showing up in front of them, weather wise, conditions wise, yeah. feelings wise, all these other it's things. It's a and different.
1: It's a different mindset going yes. into the race. Yeah, but I think that they're going.
0: I, I mean, we're we're arguing the same point. Yeah, which is that they are they are leaning into the creativity and the unknown as much as and more than I think many of the people I work with or the or what seems to be the, the the sort of viewpoint of the cultural construct we're trying to shake a little bit and this is why the doping matters to me so much because we want to count on these athletes performances as models for how we also can be present and creative and open to mystery and open to whatever could happen we want to run this race because we want to see where we're at and we want to see what we're made of that's enough and and if we think that all the people out in front of us are cheating then it makes it really hard for us to engage and use them as models or archetypes for the kind of performance we'd like to see in ourselves. I don't think it precludes it, but I just think it makes it much more difficult. And, like, you can use your fellow training partners. I know that that happens for a lot of people in our group, especially. Um, we're going into the Olympic Trials Qualifier for one of our athletes who's um, been... Um, she is the model of what the work to be done is in a group. She, 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 in a very loving and caring and helpful way personifies the kind of environment and vibe we're going for as a a group Mm -hmm. and she reaches out to each and every athlete prior to their races she's engaged in what they're doing she's not like off on some other she's someone who can be held as in high esteem and I think that this is what this sport's about like it's and again let me just to repeat it it's not about how fast you ran a particular session on a given day That's important. It's important because it's a current representation of where you're at. But don't confuse that map for the actual territory of what goes on on race day. Because what goes on on race day is a lot more dead reckoning, a lot more feeling the vibe and the energy of what's going on, a lot more of trusting yourself that you're capable of doing the things you want to do, that you have the character that's strong enough and powerful enough to see it through, that you can suffer well, as one of my other athletes likes to say. Like, these things, that's what it's about. And so don't use this six times a mile as as a, as mm-hmm. a as it's okay to use it as a momentary thing, but I have and to, it's okay have to nip to, that in the to bud,
1: relapse and think that it matters because I'll probably spend the rest of my time trying to decouple from you know, and that's okay. If you even remotely subscribe to the Freudian model, what we it's now that we know that we're hooked on certain pieces of data, what's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to constantly come back and remind it. We may never be able to emotionally decouple completely because we might, if you're like me, you might have a tendency to come back to it, but there are things that we can do to manage those aspects and that becomes a part of the practice as well, managing those. I hear you, but I just want to, I just want to make
0: sure some clarity on a Freudian model I, I get a sense in a lot of ways that the idea of that is that in some kind of way we're stuck with fate, with what we have. Um, and I don't necessarily know if I believe that completely. I think that we do have choices in how we relate to habits. And that when we don't have a um, right relationship to our habits, in which we see them as useful tools to cut out a lot of the out of the noise that's in our world to focus in on signal of what we would like to have in our lives. Habits are how we do this. And But you can select some habits. Some of them you can't. Some of them are just hardwired, like like I think you're saying. But I think the ones that we're talking about, how you manage your day-to-day operations long-term over extended windows of time to be able to perform well on a given day under duress and with anticipation right that the habits that you continue to cultivate and work through the way like what am i doing here i'm rooting out of what i would consider a challenging habit that this athlete has for overvaluing one particular session and trying to tell if that is a place they need to be rather than seeing that uh, the what about where i
1: tend to uh i guess it would be empathize with that type of mindset is that you know, I come from the recovery background. I guess this is a fun way to kind of relay kind of the cherry on the conversation, but like I come from the recovery background, the sobriety background and you know, maybe it's because it works for me and it's what I was taught. And I started studying the Freudian model, but I think that, that there's a psychological component of being attached to, and understanding that we have the tendencies to kind of latch on to these predisposed notions that we were given when we were children. Right. And, and, and for me, it's the sense of needing to do right. Uh, it's the sense of needing to be, you know, um, not, I'm, I've always been inherently guilty and I always want to. Perform my best and do my best, and like all that stuff, and it felt, you know, it was almost like a, a moral attachment to like, kind of like, if you do, if you, if if you, if you iron your shirt and you put your shoes on, and you know, you do the thing, you're you're gonna be all right. You know, you gotta do the things, and that to me was where my times come in and training and things like that. But we we'll always say, what we practice, we become. So there's a whole other side of that story, which is. I know that I'm going to be like a magnet to certain types of data in an unhealthy way. Like, I know that. I don't, I can't explain it. I barely can get rid of it. I'll probably always battle with it. And it's a battle that I I actually believe I can win. But not like change the past, but move forward knowing that. So it becomes easier for me to kind of practice what I want to become. I want to become a person that sees everything in its totality to remember all of the parts. I want to become that person. So I have to each day kind of wake up and repractice, like setting an intention for a workout to kind of go into it saying, it's not going to, I know I'm going to want this, but I have to remember today that I'm not going for that. I'm going for feel, Mm -hmm. I'm going for feel, not time, feel for not, not time. And you know, 10 times later going for feel and not time, I might become somebody who understands what it's like to do that particular workout on feel. And I might even get better at it. And I might become a person that can share that style of wisdom with another athlete during the workout. Mm -hmm. Might even be able to teach somebody something about it one day. Mm -hmm. But deep down inside, if I don't really kind of nourish that and, really I have a feeling I'm going to go back to that that side of me that wants to be right (laughs) wants to not be wrong not feel guilt and all that stuff and because I know that that's my natural tendency on some things and and that's where I think this is pretty cool is because it is a, a my part of my practice is to remind myself that like if I want to become an athlete that can look at the whole picture. I'm going to have to practice it. Really small parts, and it's the sum of the parts that are going to really make a difference. Yeah,
0: you you're 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 saying exactly the same thing I am. I was making sure there's a there's a fatalistic notion in the freudian model that I was rooting out, right? Which you are already highlighting, which mm-hmm. is and all I was saying it is, those are habits that you you have habits. So select the habits you but want. They don't have to be what no, you select and deselect. Yeah. Some of them you can't deselect.
1: You can't deselect. The responsibility to identify them. And work through them. And work through keep, it. That's the practice. And then move. And that's keep moving practice. because you can become somebody not be who looks and feels and does. Better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: More and But but that, but that then that doesn't mean that you won't re, – re, I think Freud's great wisdom was that, but there are these things that are baked into us pretty deep. And – you know, whether they come from to uh, so
1: resurface them and it, identify them as part to, of the equation. And it's okay. Yeah.
0: It's okay. But that also really requires a larger construct that say that your natural state's an okay state.
1: You have to believe that your natural state's an okay state.
0: You do. And it's yeah. and that's and that's a big challenge for a lot yeah. of people.
1: So I can see where it gets to be a kind of like a, a, a like a nasty That's little. an interesting one. We might be able to pull a whole topic off on Kind of like deconstructing the psychological aspects of what it takes to become, you know, a runner that that can decouple a little bit. Well,
0: I think that it's always available. But I actually my worldview holds that the natural state's the right state is the correct state. Because I don't see how it could be anything other because I don't have a God in my concept. So there's no overriding, you know, even in your sense, as you're mm-hmm. describing your experience of um needing to hold it all together and, and to to iron the shirt and get it right and set mm-hmm. the things is because A, either there's a model out there that you're following or there's a model inside that's using that archetype as a process for that. And I know I just argued that you could use elite athletes for that but no one's going to confuse that. They're going to know that Sifan Hassan is Sifan Hassan and they're not yeah, Sifan Hassan. Yeah, for sure. But we do tend to think that because I believe that there must be there that whatever is here is here mm-hmm. and it's worked to the well to be here because it seems to be a pretty good thing um that's you know this this is this is the fundamental model of buddhism is that we're enough already as we are Um, of course it says we're missing something because of suffering right but i think that's a lot of the way that the modern buddhist concepts have been imported on the west because we have this idea of the original sin that's still baked deep into the model of all of the western construct
1: that's the fundamental that's where the rift that's happens where the rubble that's, that's, that's a tough <laughs> like, one
0: that's the, but we're not enough that, that that there's this constant story saying we're not enough and i think that that's the place you are in battle with because your experience of sobriety of, of of with sobriety was i need to i need to shore up the space to get it tight so that i don't fall back into that if with instead it could be i just had a habitual pattern that i could adjust and adapt each day on a consistent basis and it doesn't have to be some kind of structural yeah overhaul but i don't know that it really matters in the short term what matters in the long and in, in what what i don't think it really matters because in the short term when you're involved in really destructive behavior set habits you just need to get out of those behavior habits in whatever way it works that's you just why just the 12 step got to press the ejection
1: button or and, grab onto god yeah.
0: button which is a, which is the main model i mean the 12 step program is a grab onto god model yeah for period. sure so so then it works and it gets you out but then i think what you the next step is do you believe that really or did you just need to get out of the the the, the circular negative feedback loop structure or is life a little more mysterious and to amazing and about, curious? To me, it was
1: about breaking the negative feedback loops which comes and back trying to, my, to reinforce new positive Which comes back loops. full
0: circle to the point I'm making about six times a mile. Yeah. Let's root out those negative habit patterns that are trying to reduce the model down and not allow the overall mystery and curiosity and experience and how it all plays in. Not one thing is more important than the other. Everything matters, but you don't have to do a lot. You just have to keep showing back up and being positive and staying in the zone and it works out it continues to work out. how is that possible shouldn't it just all fucking fall apart i mean to me this is the wonder of all of it that we can create a pattern structure and we can use it to to, to change the way things are and enhance our experience of living on the day-to-day yeah and running is this wonderful little test case of doing this Simulation, in a small little man. way. It's little small ways to help us fine tune and tweak our optimal self, the best person, best version of ourself that we can be. But it doesn't mean that just, we're not already okay. Like uh, I think yeah. we're already okay. But it's okay
1: if you don't feel that way. But in the long run, to and get remember, there would be good. And I did a video and uh, the other day and it came out of my mouth and I was like, those are not my words, like that was <laughs> this was so special that when I rewatched it, I was like, "Oh shit, that was awesome." I'm I'm actually feeling like I'm learning, and it was we originally asked Running to give us something great. Mm. Mm. We came into this asking yes. every single person. I get goosebumps even Ooh, thinking about yes, it. Me goosebumps too, brother. We <laughs> at, like I'm I'm like feeling like I just got electrocuted <laughs> because like we we forget that we asked this particular thing to give us something not just okay but great and it keeps life change of this of that like it's fascinating that we want to reduce it because we're at our tendencies so just remember that we're asking something extraordinary from something so seemingly arbitrary (laughs) and simple yeah
0: and beautiful (laughs) yeah wow that was good we we unpacked that one pretty well i
1: think yeah, I think so too. This I was is, I was along for the ride, man. Whatever. That's <laughs> like I'm just whatever. telling you. It's like <laughs> I'm telling you, it's is as much as if you wanna talk about you know what we practice, we become, I plastered that on the side of the shoe. And you know, I I this is just me trying to make sure that I'm building positive feedback loops. So it's a pleasure as always, Steve. As always. Hopefully well, we've got listeners who who show back up every week,
0: even though we're cuckoo in the coconut. That's all right. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Um, until next week, Godspeed.